All right, we got an emergency break 80 podcast. Tim and I are here. Tim's gloating. He thinks Liv has won the day. Oh, <laughs> am I ever gloating? We've uh, brought on special guests, friends of the pod, golf addicts, and law- lawyers. So we, we're going from all levels on this uh, Live PGA Tour merger. We got Zach. Hey, Zach. Hey, guys. And Javi. How are we doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep. So we're, uh, I don't know. Tim, you, you can start it up. You can go out for a few minutes. Here we go before we get into the oh, legal stuff. God, I just want to say, here we are. Here we are at the antithesis of greatness, just the best of what could have been and the merging of two excellent financial bodies into one. And hopefully we can kick out some of those awful, awful Bobby Weed courses that Mike hates so much on the Rota to add in a couple of the best live courses that ever were. Um there aren't any good live courses. Have you watched? What do you the event? What do you mean? There's yeah. not any good. There's some Trump courses out there. Bedminster, he, horrible. It's like a bad oh, Muni. God. Do you want Do you want Craig's Ranch again? Is that what you want? Probably better than Bedminster. Oh, Although Adelaide, Adelaide, Adelaide looked good. I'll give him that. Adelaide looked it, good. It but is. Anyway. It is very good. It is very good. Uh, here nor there. On Mike's opinion of Trump courses, we are at the precipice of greatness of golf and the merging of two financial bodies. And what I can only assume will be really the coming together of, of the best players of golf the world has ever seen. Um, what it looks like from here on out, as far as 54 versus 72 holes, um, no one really knows, but what it sounds like now is a new golf body with a private equity buy-in that the Saudis will be purchasing and the 501c6 a nonprofit will be um will be kind of the the totality of the retirement fund of the player compensation moving forward so how the nonprofit looks versus the the profit side looks to be seen that's a, a legal conundrum for experts that will be on in just a minute but a huge win for live golf for let's be honest probably the best TV station the CW shout out to Supernatural. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure these days events are going to be on the CW oh I can't cut wait. off by judge Judy again if the CW um, goes straight to Netflix. All right, I want to watch it again and again and again. So there's ne- there's not a lot of details, but it sounds like the basic structuring will be, um, whatever the guy's name that leads the PIF, the the Saudi investment fund. He'll be like the chairman or the money of, of the board yes, or whatever. Sir. Yes, yeah, yeah, He's the money guy. He's going to be there, and then supposedly they gave. Darth Vader, Jay Monahan, CEO control over all this. I don't know. I, I still can't. Something there has to change probably because the PGA Tour players that stuck around are ready to kill him. So I don't know what's going to happen there. And f- from what, all intents and purposes, uh, Greg Norman was just skipped right over on all this stuff. So I don't know if he's out or what. That guy's got to feel like, what the hell? Although I'm sure he made his money on the front end from the Saudis anyway. So he's probably fine. But yeah, it's going to be, um, I don't know, Tim, when you say the greatest 
league ever. So basically the same league we had three years ago. It's, it's basically the same thing I, three I, years I think ago. It, I think it adds a little bit more creativity, and I should put it over to our, our expert legal team right away, right? Because we're talking about a chairman. We're talking about appointed board position versus a CEO. And my 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 personal experience in this is a chairman is much harder to vote out than is a CEO. So they're propping up Jay momentarily as they set together this league and who knows what happens in a year's time. Yeah, it, it's been a while since I took corporate law, but um, it, Javi might have a better uh, understanding of this, but it, it should be noted that, yeah, there's, there's a pretty general framework that's put in place and it sounds like there's going to be some negotiations that will have to happen to kind of figure out a lot of the, the smaller details, like who on live will get tour status and where um, will the PGA tour guys who didn't take money from live uh, get paid out. Um, there's a lot of details that, that are just unknown right now. So, so yeah. I, I, I can't wait to just speculate with you guys uh, off the deep end. It should be a good time. They're talking about like for guys like Phil, having to pay some sort of penalty possibly i don't know what you know like i think i I don't know how they can do that legally though like because a guy like now right huh they're a partnership now so it's yeah i don't yeah i i struggle with that in that to your point zach right they're they're all the same entity now right this merger is going to bring them together so how are you going to punish employees of the same company for being employed right like how 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 do you enforce those uh those PGA fines when you've just been consumed? Like I just it doesn't seem right. Um, I'm sure that will only bring out more legal uh you know litigation in in this issue. Um, it, and to you know you were talking earlier, Tim, about the board. You know uh, Jimmy Dunn was the deal maker in this, right? He's on the board of the PGA. Uh, yeah, does the PAC even get a vote? It's just representation on the board. So, I mean, it seems like at least from the corporate structure and how how this entity is going to move forward into the future, that's kind of been that's been settled. Right. How how you let members back in or how you penalize them. Honestly, that seems more like operational stuff that they'll let they'll let middle managers handle that. Right. But it seems like Jay and Yasir have come come to a meeting of the minds here. Yeah. Seven weeks, supposedly, of uh, they played golf and. London, all this like like okay. Before How apropos is that though? Golf and lunch to to make a golf. Yeah, but like, how the hell do they keep this secret? Like there has there had to be a pretty small, you know, Jimmy Dunn, um, Yasser. There's probably maybe five six people that knew about it and didn't leak yeah. out. So well, it's like we knew um, that they cut Rory out. We know that they cut Greg Norman out. Yeah, um, that's pretty interesting. I mean, do you know I think who they any- didn't cut it out though? Chase Donald Kepka? Trump. Donald Trump, but like he's ahead of the curve. No, he wasn't. Listen, every everybody, everybody (laughs) from everybody from day one knew at some point it might have taken years. And Javi, we talked about this off off air here. That this would end up being one league at some point. There was just because it always is like that. It's like it's like the AFL and the NFL, or. That it only ever seems to work with just one league. At some point, everybody knew there would have to be some sort of, uh, you know, coming together of these two leagues. It just happened 
kind of quickly and shockingly today that nobody even knew about. Um, but going back to the law stuff, I, I read somewhere today. So supposedly the government has to look at this right before it can be official kind of deal. They got to get together and say, you know, this is okay or not. Okay. They have to, okay. Cause like, otherwise couldn't like, couldn't Coke and Pepsi just get together and say, Hey, we're, we're tired of competing. Let's just merge and call it a day. A lot of communism to me. A lot (laughs) of communism. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll definitely do a review of this and you know, there may be a second, second questioning of it, but uh, really you have to prove that it's limiting competition, right? How is it, how is it doing so? Um, it seems like the structure they're talking about is actually going to open up more chances in global markets, right? And it's allowing independent contractors, or at least they're supposed to be, independent contractors to play in different leagues, which the status quo right now is that they're banned from the PGA if they play in competi- competing leagues. So it would be interesting to see, but I, I think, uh, you know, hiding, hiding skeletons in the closet was probably more the theme of today's uh, legal exercise. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, if Maybe we can go back and, and start maybe at the beginning, but um, as people are probably aware that uh, uh, Liv had, had sued the PGA Tour um, and the PGA Tour had, had counterclaimed uh, on that. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, there's certainly a lot of speculation about um, what might've come out of uh, discovery when when this goes to trial. Um, and so we can talk a little bit about that, but, uh, yeah. Um, for those that don't know, like discovery is a process where if, if you've got two parties suing each other in court, um, you have to provide each other relevant documents, uh, that can be used for questioning, finding witnesses, things like that. So there's a lot of speculation right now about, um, whether or not, um, this was part of the reason why they settled. Um, we should note that it, we do know that in the agreement that they agreed to drop uh, litigation against each other so that there will be no more court case uh, that will be proceeding. Yeah, yeah that's spot on there. I mean, so discovery is like really invasive, guys. Uh, the standard for discovery, at least the federal standard, is essentially like anything that, is kind of vaguely uh, vaguely uh, related to your claim uh, to the point where if somebody you know might know about some information that could help you find out evidence of your claim, well, you get to discover their emails, their hard drives. Uh, I, I've had uh, a lot of experience doing that for a few like big sports leagues and things of that sort. Some, uh, some big like kind of fraud cases that you've maybe seen in the news. And it's nasty what you find. I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, years worth of communication between mistresses and CEOs, things that you don't want out there, right? And like, that's just personal stuff. You know, the, the PGA, they want to stay out of the limelight here, right? Like, they've, they've, uh, they've danced with the devil in terms of the government before, right? In 1994, the FTC was was probing them. Luckily, that was dropped because uh, the FTC commissioner at the time happened to be a Bush appoint- appointee. You know, and the Bushes uh, run a long time with the PGA of America. So uh, you don't you don't want discovery ever, anytime ever. 
Delete your emails, guys. Delete your emails. Maybe then, maybe he's been quiet. Maybe Tiger was behind this after all. He didn't want <laughs> he didn't want those emails from all the mistresses that's and a stuff. Conspiracy. Maybe he maybe he's the big timer that set this all up. Tiger Woods behind 9-11. Who would have thought? What a leap. What a leap that is. <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll, leave, we'll leave the episode off with the teaser of that one. Um, you heard well, it here one, first, folks. One, I think one thing that's definitely not a leap is uh, there were some pretty serious antitrust issues going on with the PGA Tour, especially when this uh this suit from live came because there was a lot of talk about the pga tour being a monopoly and trying to uh curb competition with live um so you know certainly um there presumably would be a lot of documents that the pga tour might not want out there um as far as email goes about i don't know maybe trying to keep live golfers out of majors uh things of that sort um and so, uh, yeah, uh, I, dirty laundry, really. Yeah. And I think the Saudis in general are really tight-lipped about all their stuff, too. They don't want anything out there either. Um, but no, I think... We drop up journalists. It, yeah, here, yeah, they're, yeah, they're well, killing journalists, no, here, yeah. Here nor here there on the journalist scandal and, and some of the burying of bodies likely in the desert. But uh, what what could the Saudis experience from... A legality standpoint as uh, a different country coming into America like is there is there a financial blowback possible for them is there an actual negative possible for them to get into this deal I, I don't know that necessarily uh, you know the investment piece would be a risk to them per se I think that discovery piece we were talking about is, is the one that matters to them right because in the investment piece, for the most part, I mean, it's not it's not hard to uh, follow gap accounting, right? Uh, especially as sophisticated as their kind of financial arm is. Now, when it comes to asserting your rights in a court, you're going to have to submit yourself to the rules of jurisprudence here in America. And so that's where, hey, if, if there's a countersuit, you're going to have to open up your books. You're going to have to open up your emails. And man, there's... You know, if we we know of some really bad things that these uh, scary MFers have done. Uh, so God only knows what's in those emails. Right. Yeah, it's it's probably just some so, level of embarrassment PR that they're trying to avoid. I, I don't there's there's probably not a lot legally that they'd be really afraid of beyond that. Um, the well, and not to be a conspiracy theorist, but, uh, you know, sports washing works in a lot of different sports. Right. So. Maybe some of it's they don't want to let everyone know that they're about to do this with tennis and the ATP or that yeah. they're going to do it with, you know, cricket. I mean, well, they I, do. It, the Saudis currently have what an F1 group, an F1 race set up, and they own a, a French soccer team. So well, they, are, they are making a move into Western sports in a big way. They are I, trying I think... to, to, let's call it socialize to the Western world in a big way. And I think this is like one of the biggest moves that they could make. I think the, like the NBA and the NFL people are probably sitting there licking their chops, waiting for this money to come around. <laughs> you, you, you think, you think the PGA tour is big. Roger Goodell's probably sitting there 
thinking, holy shit, how much <laughs> money can we get for the NFL or something like Hold that? Let me, um, Saudi Arabia, the Green Bay Packers need a new quarterback. <laughs> so I'm going to say that again. The Green Bay Packers need a new quarterback in a big way. I mean, that so, would be the shiniest of the toys to pick up for them, right? At this yeah. point, they have EPL, they have Liga teams, they have they have soccer teams. Get a get an American footy team. Yeah, I think part of this also is probably has to be: could the PGA Tour afford, you know, litigation or whatever that goes on for years against the Saudi money, which is basically unlimited? Because I don't know what kind, how much it would cost the PGA Tour for multiple years, but it's got to be a lot of money if this thing keeps dragging out. Yeah, uh, I know we talked a little bit about about finances before we we started recording. Um, I think that's ser- probably a serious concern that they have. Um, they've been fronting a lot of money for these elevated events now. Um, we don't know what their books look like. Uh, we don't know where that money came from. It did just kind of feels like it just appeared out of nowhere. Um, so it, it could have been a valid concern of them. Yeah. Well, let's talk on the golf end. What do we- so when we get away from the legalities, what do we think on, on the golf specifics? Is this the new era of not Brooks Kepka, but Chase Kepka? <laughs> the man. You want him, baby? <laughs> Smash GC, baby. All right. Uh, you know, I think it brings a couple players up. I think it brings a couple players into the fold that weren't necessarily there. Uh, and it brings this new team dynamic in. If you saw all of the memes flying around, it was Rory on this team, Rory on that team, people going to certain places. And I think that the team dynamic might continue through a couple of listed events through the remainder of the year. Not this year, but 2024. If it's going to be a large, if it's going to be like 150 person field, like normal tour events, the team thing, if it's going to stay, is going to have, like you said, going to have to be some specific events. There's no way. Like, well, no, you, you you make it you make it an eight person team and you add a cut and then you see who makes it and that's who you have it. left. And once, it's, it's, once the cut's done, you're going to figure out the teams after the cut. Yeah, it's the same as high school golf, Mike. Yeah, but you have the team going in before a cut. No, you, you either make I it through. I like, everything. There's no more cut. No, there's there's <laughs> individual there's, events and no more cut. There's individual wins, and then there's a team possibility, right? So you have both at at a team and high school level but, uh, for like what individual I, what I'm scoring and. They, you, yeah, but Tim, those events have like thirty some golfers. They don't have two hundred golfers. It's a lot of fucking teams. You got if you got the numbers. The numbers don't. The numbers field. don't matter. The numbers don't matter. It adds intrigue. It adds another sense to the sport. I, don't I know. actually think that I actually think the team events could be kind of cool if you got if you if you did them in like a like a weird off season like like Javi was saying earlier, um, something to bridge the gap between after your tour championship and when you're, when your good season starts in January or earlier, oh, maybe, yeah, I, maybe here's, here's the hottest take. 
Maybe we can finally add a fifth major. Maybe we do not care about the financials of a golf major that goes into October in a warm climate to where we can put something in a different country, bring over quality players, and actually play something that's into football season, regardless of the TV ratings, because now we have Saudi back money. Like, let's be honest. Players are playing. People are out there. People want to watch golf. And cow-towing to the NFL is not the way that you want to do it. Let's back have- something with money, and let's go out and have a fifth major. We so- already have that in the fall. It's called the Zozo. Huge event. <laughs> <laughs> Top notch. My joke was going to have a fifth major. It's the PGA. Uh- <laughs> you know what? Mike, I'm 100% with you. Tiger won again. I love it. Tiger won again. He's right next to Jack. Let's go. Zozo it is. So having that thing up in a, in a silly season and being the, the thing that live has at its advantage is that it can be fluid, right? It can, it can pivot. And we saw, we saw some spark of brilliance last year when they did the team event in the finals. Right. And what really captivated people was that you actually had matches, right? No one wants to see teams where no one's in the same group and you're just calculating stroke play, right? That's just a yeah. tournament and you're grouping players in a flight. What people want to see is we want to see two guys in black and two guys in red, and they're in a foursome and they're playing each other. And what they do actually impacts the competitor. And I think that would be a lot of fun to see maybe eight times a year, yeah, right? The, maybe the maybe team. once every six, seven weeks, you have Rory and Max fly in and, you know, I got, I, that just gave me chills. I want to see Rory and Max on a team playing golf against Holter and Sergio. Like, come <laughs> and, on. Let, like, like, you have drama in this sport for once in your life, or at least in our generation. The, Capitalize on it. The team and Javi, the, the, go ahead, Timmy. Javi, coming off your point, Awesome, awesome TV viewing. Some of the best. The problem is like boots on the ground, physical viewing. It's hard. It's hard to put 110,000 people onto a golf course for four tee times, right? It's it's difficult. But with with the new Saudi back money, it is possible to take up a, a minimal loss at the viewership, like boots on the ground. I, so, I don't know that people care about boots on the ground for those events though. Right. It's more about the that, TV time. It's like the match. Like that's, that's, that's the thing the you have seven the, watching. There is, there are so many financial opportunities that are available with this new, like PE possible financial backing with the Saudis that open up different event styles that open up different venues like think about seeing banded think about seeing like pumpkin ridge again think about seeing private clubs because people don't care about the pr value oh how much fun the seminal right yeah amazing 100 percent amazing we don't we don't need people out there anymore crooked cat crooked cat in florida oh let's let's not one one off this thing on that right we now have the entire like PGA and live budget with, with like the backing of PGA. 
there, there's a whole new bar to be set on what could happen on golf courses. And it's phenomenal. We could go to like national golf links to America and have a phenomenal, like fifth major out of nowhere, have no fans because they don't want the trample down of the course because the members demand that they don't. And we can finally see that golf course for what it is like the, the opportunities are endless with this backing of a pretty much what is a PE firm based on what I've seen of, of the legal document. Well, I think Zach and Javier, right. The, the team aspect does have potential. I don't, they, they used it in a terrible way until that championship. Like it didn't, it had zero meaning at all. Like you, you came up with these fucking logos that like elementary students drew and then you just threw them out there with a bunch of buddies, basically. Um, but there is, there's, that's, that's the one aspect that they actually, I, th- I thought had okay. I mean, everything else there, nobody watched it cause it wasn't very good, but. Um, a, I, I, I will admit I'm a little disappointed. No one picked like the 69ers. <laughs> I can't wait to see what the name of this legal be. Um, you, you know, it's going to be awful. <laughs> you know, they're going to come what, with just what is stupid the, What is the name. new name going to be? You think, do you think it's going to be I, like. I, I don't know. W, like WPG, like what? Well, It'll uh, be something stupid. They'll come with some dumbass name. You know they will. But the people WPA kept putting PIV, PIV. Yeah, just like soccer. Yeah, it'll be something dumb. Uh, I, I the big question is, how pissed are like Hideki, Rory, uh, like Chef, like Rom Hideki? Supposedly, the rumored number was like half a billion dollars he turned down you know as the biggest name in asia to play you know and he stuck with the pga tour and then jay monahan just put the knife right in his back right in his back and just said screw it so that uh, which is probably already hurting after flying spirit airlines flight let's yeah. be, let's be real. spirit by now here's yeah, here's mean, a life lesson here's a life lesson for the kids right follow the money you can make <laughs> You can make your own ethics where you go. You can set a culture where you go. If you're an individual of high quality, you can choose to go to the company that you want to, in essence, be employed by, so long as it doesn't completely mismatch you. Take the money, go where you want to go, and reset the culture. And that is, that's a career advice. Like, I, that's that's 100%. For sure. But I, I do think... They're going to, I, I'd be willing to bet that the Saudis have probably already agreed. I hope you hear that. So, to me, we just washing my hands of that, uh, to, that career advice. To, to somebody, they must have, I bet you they've agreed to, to give some money to Ram and Rory Hideki. Because I don't know if those guys have leverage, but let's say those guys get pissed off enough to say, you know what? We have enough money. Screw it. We're done. We don't want to play. Now you're back to where you were before this with, with you don't have the best players anymore because you pissed off some other guys. There's got to be some, I guarantee they've worked, they'll work out some sort of under the table compensation have to, because those guys could have taken the money and they chose not to. Like Rory was, Rory, Rory was the front man. I mean, Rory went up there time after time after time in in front of the media and stood up for Jay Monahan and the PGA tour and got nothing out of it at the end. I I would stick, I would stick Rory in the ground. I would I would hold other guys up, a, but I would he's a pretty big figure still in the game of golf. So, which, so by the way, he's 
who's biggest loser? Is it Rory or is it Hideki? Probably oh, Hideki. Hideki had, a, Hideki had a big deal. Like it was supposedly humongous because he's, you know, Shrixon's the biggest golf company in the world. And uh, and he's the biggest play, you know, name player in Asia, a huge market that loves golf. His deal was, I had heard up to like seven hundred and fifty million at wow. one point. It was a crazy amount of money. And Rory's was like four hundred. Don't get me wrong, that's okay, but I don't know. Uh, Rory's got a press conference tomorrow morning, supposedly. He's scheduled Wednesday morning at the RBC to have press conference. Part of me hopes for entertainment that he just burns the whole place to the ground and oh, just I goes ballistic. I hope just goes ballistic, just goes just full nuclear on it and just just rips everybody. But I'm sure he won't. He'll he'll have the polished, the somewhat polished answer, I would assume. Tiger hasn't said anything yet either. Tiger was supposedly offered 800 million. I, I'm not surprised that I, I'm sure like guys like Rory and, and Tiger were were trying to get their messaging on the same page before they were gonna say anything. But yeah. I I do think in, in my opinion, probably Rory is, I mean, I, I feel like he got the, the worst end of this whole thing. Cause like he really was that guy who was like the face of the tour through this whole thing. Yeah. He dealt with the media all the time. And, uh, and then he just gets straight hung out to dry. Yeah, he did. He was the, he was the front man for sure. He was the guy that was always out there. Took on a lot of stress. His, if you notice his hair has gotten really gray in the last like oh, year. So like, great. Super he great. Jay's job for the last year and a half. Yeah. Well, you could win some tournaments, and then you'd probably do better. <laughs> oh, he did. He has won, won some tournaments too. He won three times. Not last the big year. ones. Just not the big ones. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> didn't, oh, didn't he win the crown jewel of the PGA, the FedEx Cup trophy? Yeah, he's the he's the champion. Because we all care about the year. Yeah, so yeah, it's. Uh, I just I saw on Twitter somewhere today they asked a bunch of PGA Tour players, you know, if if Jay Monahan will survive this. And they basically to a man said, I don't see how, how they're so pissed. Like uh, what's his name on the golf channel. Johnson Wagner was at the whatever meeting. And he said it was 90, 10, 90% were pissed. You know, guys were angry and upset. So I like, how does Jay Monahan smooth, smooth this over with the actual players, of the tour? I don't, I don't know. Well, it almost seems like, I mean, I think he's a nominee for biggest winner in all this, right? He Maybe. seemed to be outmatched and a step behind for the last three years. And then at the last minute, it seems like he's gotten a promotion after having Rory do his job for the last year. Oh, well, for sure. You know? But, it's a pro- today. but the players are, I think the players are basically trying to figure out, can they oust him? Do they have the power to get him out of there? Um, I don't know. I don't know. think they can do shit in this league. It, it's they, they might not be able to. Yeah. Um, in this player-driven league. Right. What is? Yeah. Does anybody in this this call know? Like, I understand that there's the pack, the the policy advisory committee, but that I understand it, that is literally just representation on the board. They don't actually have any voting power on the board. So this is all like Monahan and Jimmy Dunn and. Like a couple other people get to decide everything that happens. Yeah, because I know today when they had the player meeting or whatever, they uh, somebody else, some other reporter had brought up that they were talking about unionizing and just saying, you know, it's through this. We should have some say in some of these things. And they They're were also talking about sit, just sitting out the RBC and saying, fuck it, we're not going to play. 
this week, but then they eventually said, well, you know, we, we have obligations, we have obligations and that wouldn't be fair to the Canadian open and all this and that, and the fans, so they're going to play, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I like Jay Monahan has come out as the biggest hypocritical villain <laughs> one, one year ago to the day. He was sitting at the RBC talking about 9-11 and all this stuff. And and I believe his quote was, you know, have you ever had to apologize for being on the PGA Tour? One year to the day that he announced this. Like, nobody comes out looking like a bigger dipshit. Although, granted, Javi's probably right. In the end, he might end up being the biggest winner of this whole deal. But, like, nobody's going to come out more hated than Jay Monahan. He might be... He might he could caddy for Patrick Reed in some event, and they would be just booed roundly across, around the golf course. <laughs> he was he was uh, you know ordained monarch of golf today. Like he's he's the king of global golf now. Yeah, he's the CEO yeah. supposedly. So what do you what know. do you think of this? Um, because with the competition with Liv before the merger, um, they were they were fronting a ton of money for these elevated events and all this stuff. Um, what do you think of this idea that it, this meeting happened because they couldn't put up the funds or they couldn't find sponsors for all these elevated events in the, in the, in the next few years, like this had to happen. It's possible. I know uh Harbor town didn't have a sponsor until RBC came in late and, uh, and save that one. They were talking about that on the radio today. That's why a lot of the players were like, you know, the Canadian, some Canadian fans felt bad because that's a Canadian company that came in and saved an elevated event, sponsored it, and now you might boycott their big event in Canada after they basically <laughs> saved yours. Like, come on, yeah, I don't. It could be. I don't. I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Memorial had the same issue. Not Memorial. Um, Colonial was it? Colonial, yeah. Colonial had the same issue with. Uh, an exodus of their sponsorship and then members picking up the totality of like their prize money. So, and a, another search for, for their prize money afterwards. Seems but, like a pretty colossal failure considering it's a $2 billion business that they, that that's their revenue annually, uh, the PGA tour, right? They don't pay taxes on it because they're such a philanthropy, quote-unquote, uh, 55% goes to the players. So what's that? It, roughly it's a billion dollars that you managed to just kind of spend on, uh, you know, a lot of fancy things and big buildings and, more importantly, executive compensation. Uh, you know, we could, we could spend another half hour talking about how – kind of illegitimate this whole idea that the PGA tour is a philanthropy and that they're giving all this money to charities. They work with charities that give a lot of money to charities. They are merely the platform that shows up and claims a lot of this, this money. So like, where, where's all this money going? It seems like a lot of mismanagement that you're getting a billion dollars with zero taxes and somehow spending it all on your executive compensation. Like how don't you have money in the coffers for this? You should you should do health insurance now. <laughs> what a shit that is. Yeah, just ban it. Pay, you pay and pay and pay, and then you go to the doctor and you have to pay more. Well, well, <laughs> I'm just a humble, humble drug dealer over here. In 2018, they paid 
uh, Fincham, the, the previous commissioner who had already been retired for two years, they paid him over $800,000 in deferred compensation. Uh, they had another, the COO that year was going out. He got paid $7.5 million. They they only donate, the PGA Tour itself only donates between 40 and $70 million a year. So you, you look at the C-suite, they probably play the C-suite that much, if not twice as much. Like, where's this money going? Yeah. The Saudis um, might be the clean player in all of this. Well, maybe. That'd be crazy. <laughs> you came here to break 80 podcasts for a reason. The Saudis are the cleanest investors of them all. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, speaking of PIF, we're looking for, we're looking for sponsors. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We are. We will definitely take your money. We have no problem. We have that, massive debts to offset over here. <laughs> the same as the uh, PGA Tour. Well, I'm guessing at some point, you know, the TV ratings were terrible. No one's watching it, and and they were they had, they were kind of inflating their numbers of who was there, except for Australia. That was a pretty big turnout. I suppose at some point the PGA Tour realized it doesn't matter. The Saudis have so much money. If they're putting two billion a year into live, that's nothing. That's like, that's just a little drop in the bucket. They can keep they can keep this up forever, and it, it, then it's not going to matter. They so it's like just thinking that they'll fold up because no one's watching. It doesn't. I don't think that's they. They look at the long. They have the long term strategy. You know, they don't give a shit about a few billion dollars a year. Yeah, I don't. So, I don't think their their goal is ever to make money on it. I no, mean, it's a, a return on investment, so to speak. Was was never going to happen. It, it it never was right with their with their football purchase with their F one racing, they wanted to open themselves up to the West. They mm-hmm. want to culturize themselves, and I think they've done it. I think they've done a, a, a fantastic job, especially with this. Like this is the most intrusive they have done into a Western sport to be a a controlling enterprise in in a tour. They're the sole investor, and they have right of first refusal on any additional capital. They mm-hmm. own the PGA Tour now, like, mm-hmm. and and oh, for sure, this is just the start, guys. Like, this is how sports washing works, right? Now, to to Tim's point, they're legitimized. They have a they have a seat at the table, and now it's oh well, you know, uh, the Joker on the ATP. Why wouldn't he take money now, right? They just did it in golf. Well, hey, I'll be the Phil Mickelson of the ATP now. I'll get $400 million to go to a new tennis startup. You know, they're buying, they're buying soccer players. Like, they're buying soccer teams. This is just the start. This was a big win for the PIF today. Big win for Liv. To, to a positive, though, and, and we know about the regime of, of the Saudis, and I, there's a... <laughs> Let's be honest. It was a bit of a coup for the current regime to take over. A lot of bodies laid in the streets here nor there. This is not a political podcast. It could be, but for it's the, not for the right price. Yeah, <laughs> could be for the right sponsor. We can get real political real fast. Um, but uh, they have made a a very much. Uh, 180 degree change in how they've approached the the west in the last five years with 
their acquisition of different teams. So it it looks promising. And and this is not a boots on the ground thing. This is not a what does the culture look like in Saudi Arabia? This is a drone flight over, like a good Barack Obama flight over Saudi Arabia. Um but it it looks promising as to how that country has changed to an openness to the West. I'll leave you out on that plank, Tim. Yeah, me too. Yeah, well, that's think, fine. Uh, that's I'm fine. Not gonna, that's I'm fine. not going to go there. That's, uh, that's a that's a spicy take right there. That yeah. that I will I will take that, and I I put all my cards in front of me. Some of their current some of their current positions when it came to oil production and what what they wanted us to do I don't know if they're that friendly uh, to the United States but anyway you know I think is also a uh, the DP World Tour could be a sneaky winner in this like they've kind of been this like the little like minor league tour there they weren't getting much for World Golf ranking points which I'm, I'm assuming that's going to have to get all redone. Um, so some of the players in the DP World Tour have to be pretty happy. I have to think because that that I would assume more money is going to go there, and they're going to get more uh, they're going to get more points in the World Golf Rankings because they have like some of those events you could have John Rahm could go play you know in in a pretty good field and, and get not as many points as somebody playing in like you know Sea Island Georgia did and won there or something because they've been marginalized so bad. But I would assume this is going to help them somehow. I, I've got a big question. Women's golf. What, what, about what it? happens? Women. What 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 happens? They because... already own it. That's a good question. I was thinking about this too, because what the, the PGA and the LPGA are, are separate entities, correct? But yes. Yeah. But how, how yes. would they and not... and the Saudis let in hard on the possibility of like funding women's golf which again going back to like our conversation earlier seems counterproductive to is, morals is the is the is the pga tour completely separate from the lpga tour or are they somehow connected i think they're separate entities because one's in jacksonville one's in daytona okay uh, yeah separately, you, you would, no, you would separate you. Out, but i don't you think would separate your nonprofits because uh, the Saudis already own women's golf. Oh, for sure. They have all the majority, the majority of tournaments that like premier players are going to are on the Europe, the ladies European tour, which yeah. is like solely backed by Aramco and they're skipping LPGA events and LPGA events are not happening because there's lack of sponsors. The Aramco and the PIF already own Wait, what? It's yeah, an Aram- Aramco. Aramco just had a women's event a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a no, big women, one. Yeah, that's that's yeah. why uh, you know there's been a big issue with ladies are different. Like flying from like Saudi Arabia to California to then like Florida back to Saudi Arabia to play. Like the schedule is awful for them because the LET, the Ladies European Tour, which might as well be women's live they're the only tournaments that are really putting out big purses and big events. So the, the Danielle Kangs, the Lydia Coes of the world, Nelly Cordas, like they're flying overseas, man. Like they already own that, that sport. The Saudis are the biggest investors of women's golf. Well, the Saudis are huge investors in yeah. ladies golf. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Right. I mean, For sure. most, most of the, the following on that is, is in Asia. Right. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. Gonna, these guys aren't I, dumb. These aren't unsophisticated people. No, I, I, I never doubted that. This is a cultural question. I just see the wheels turning in Tim's head. Yeah, for sure. I, it's it's phenomenal. I'm excited. I'm not disappointed. I am I, so I can, excited. I can see multiple comments formulating in his in his head that that make this podcast just banned from banned from the airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> um, I well, how about this one? What happens to like the Asian tour? Because Liv Liv was trying to kind of prop that up, you know, a little bit. They were sending their guys over there to get like they, there's been no talk of the Asian tour. Are they just going to be their own little separate thing and be just really irrelevant, like completely irrelevant? Uh, or are they going to be somehow brought into the fold too? So it's literally a, like an entire world tour all in one. I mean, at least, at least Siwon Kim would have somewhere to go. Yeah. Right. The most, the most, inex, the most inexplicable PGA championship golfer that he made the cut somehow and then went right back to live and shot a billion over. You guys should, you guys should consider just sponsoring this dude. <laughs> well, maybe. All right. Yeah, We're he, looking for sponsors. Would, so if you yeah, sponsor much. Break 80 Podcast, we will sponsor Simon Kim. He tried, um, only break, but he's only going to break 80 half the time. He's only going to live to the monitor about half the time, the monitor half the time. <laughs> that is perfect. Uh, you know, mentioning, I, mentioning him makes me think, okay, so actually is the biggest winner in all of this Peter Uline? <laughs> Yeah, the, the guy has never been able to make, and he's got like fifteen million in the bank. He's never been able to make the tour on his, the old tour on his own. He's tried so many times. Oh, he's even definitely getting a car now. Even when your dad owns a Kushnet and Titleist, you can't. You could. He couldn't make it. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, that's the. They have so many things to work out. Like, how are they going to structure this? And just like. I have no idea what it's going to look like. And they don't either. It's just that they have no parameters yet, really. It sounded like. Can we talk about that some more? Because I, I love anything that yeah, sure. shines poorly upon Jay Monahan. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so so the, the, the rolling out of this seems a lot like with the elevated events. Like with the elevated events, we got a, we got a little memo. And then we got a player meeting like after the fact. Or we like we got bits and pieces. It didn't. It wasn't rolled out like a multi-billion-dollar global company would communicate with the public. And then today, all of a sudden, at like six in the morning, we all get notification that this merger is happening. But yet, it's only a framework. It really seemed like this was going to leak again, and these guys were just like, "Hey, we got to get ahead of this, right?" The players were finding out on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, they were not. Nobody was notified. They got a letter. They got a letter later in the day I saw uh, from the PGA tour, but like Morikawa said, Oh, nice to find this out on Twitter. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, a biz- it's completely bizarre the way, the way it was today. It is wild to me. First time in sales, huh? We always <laughs> find out our compensation package, like two weeks into selling. Yeah. But, but, that's just like one person. This is like the entire world's golf. No, golf. no, that I'm, is that is hundreds of people in yeah, the but, sales organization. Okay, well, the commissioner was having a meeting with players today and could basically give them zero. Detail. Yeah, like there's nothing. Like, it's just like there's no info for anybody. It's just the craziest thing for literally almost all of the golf being played professionally in the world now. It's just there's just like no information or structure whatsoever. It's just we're merging. We'll figure it out later. 
Yep. It's just the I'm gonna, craziest I'm gonna be thing honest. Ever. Like what they did was they treated the players like mid-level employees. They're just they are the mid-level scum of the PGA tour. And they're like, here is the compensation package that you just got. Sign this contract, you're gone. And that is that is most people that have been in a sales organization for like the last 15 years. Yeah, yeah no one's going to form a union, right? They didn't do it before. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't seem to be enough, you know, of a coalition to do it now. It's the only way that they're, the only way this is ever going to change is that there's some collective bargaining in, in golf. And as of right now, there's not, which means the players have very, very little leverage. Well, the issue was uh, this was supposed to be collective bargaining, right? The PGA Tour started as collective bargaining. Oof. And Coming it didn't out. turn that way. Yeah. It, but it is bizarre because Liv's whole thing, their whole thing was, well, the PGA Tour's got a monopoly on golf. And now we're going into literally they bought the, the, monopoly. Ultimate, the ultimate monopoly, where <laughs> like the whole world, basically. Everyone knows a, when you don't win Monopoly, you buy <laughs> the entire board game. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be, yeah. <laughs> It'll be crazy to see how some of these players are treated like, like Phil Mickelson has said a lot of shit about a lot of guys in the PGA Tour. Like I don't know what's how he's going to come back. I think guys like Brooks. Brooks has never really said a negative thing about the PGA. He's basically said I took the money and that's it. He, he's never really said he's never really bashed anybody. You know, I, I don't think Cam Smith really ever bashed anybody, but a few of them did. A couple of them did. Everyone yeah. loves Harold. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the reception and how. Because they're they're gonna have to figure out some. It sounds like, at least from what I was watching today, there's gonna have to be some sort of way to get those guys back on what's called the PGA Tour. Still, they're, that that's the plan anyway. As of today, is those guys got to find a way back on. And they were talking about even like paying some sort of fines into the pension into the pension plan or something no way to now. get them back on there. Which I don't know why if they're all if they're all one entity why they have to do that. But I don't know. That's what they were talking about on all the on the internet and all over the place. So yeah, I have no idea. I I just I can't imagine a world where that holds up in court. Yeah, I don't know. Like my boss bought your company, and now I have to pay to work at your company. Uh-uh. not working. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, I I, I mean, man, Phil is still like Phil. This Phil this week on Twitter was bizarre like he was going after everybody i don't know maybe he maybe he knew this was coming i don't know maybe he's one of the guys that was in on this but he was just on a rampage this week on, on all the social media so i don't know he's burned so many bridges it's going to be interesting to see what he what how it works for him yeah i mean i i just don't see how like for some of these live players this is a win because how many of these guys left because the idea for them was, Hey, I don't have to play as much and I'm going to get paid a ton of money. Yes. And now that the PIF is invested in this, you would think that they would want these guys to start playing again. Yeah. Well, they've got that money though. They've got their hundred, 200, $500,000 oh, sure. $500, signing. I mean, they bonus. could certainly just say like, yeah, screw it. I'm not going to play, but I would think like, if if I'm Piff and I just invested all this all this money, um, I'm gonna want my guys who 
I just invested a shitload of money in to be playing. Well, that so with that, I think, you know, it depends on what players, right? Like, I think more money has to come out of pockets for a DJ to show up, right? Because, you know, now he's pushing 40. He's got all the money in the world. He can play in all the majors. Brooks is the same way, right? You're going to have to flash him money for him to show up to tournaments. Just because now he's a part of this entity doesn't mean he's going to show up to anything. He gets to show up to his majors. But I'm with you on the guys like yeah, maybe Mito and Joaquin, right? Those guys, yeah, they made a ton of money, but now it's like, do you want to keep yeah. doing this? Well, now you got to play 30, 30 events a year again. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think there's a there's a lot of hypocrisy on both sides of this. You know, the live guys were all about we want to control our own schedule. We don't want to play much. And now, well, even even if this merger hadn't happened, live next year or whatever was going to have even more. They, they kept stacking more events on there every single year that they contractually were supposed to play. Um, and now it's like they're going to be playing. They're going to be back to playing their full full schedule more than likely. I would assume probably a more. They're they're probably going to play more events than they've ever had to play in their life if if it's a full on merger of this kind of stuff so it's kind of the most it's kind of the craziest turn for everybody yeah anyway. man, it must suck to be brooks yeah yeah <laughs> it must suck it must suck to be a professional golfer making millions and millions of dollars even even ogletree's back in the fold he's he's that guy's been fired up the last month he got kicked off live the first event of, of live and he's been back he's been back the last couple I wonder if Matthew Wolf would have quit last week if he would have known this was. This yeah, was what happening. what is going on uh, with Matthew Wolf? I wanted to ask. Let's you be about honest. Matthew. Like, I want it's gonna, it's gonna be okay. It's gotta be some mental. Um, there's gotta be some stuff going on there. Or he's not a fucking bro. Excuse my language. Like, and maybe not, I don't know. Maybe Matthew he doesn't want to do bumps and go bro. to Panthers games. <laughs> uh everyone wants it i'm just right. gonna hold my comments <laughs> <laughs> well we got anything else from our emergency pod session just just the, this burrito that just finished up in the microwave <laughs> <laughs> he's a man of world cultures folks he's he's, he's lived he's lived to hey. achieve Hey, I'm not doing I'm not doing bumps to the Panthers game. I'm eating a, a microwave burrito right now. So <laughs> all right. Well, thank thanks guys for uh giving us both your legal insight and your uh golf passion. Thanks for having us. Hey, it was nice chatting with you guys. Nice to see you guys. Right. Yep. Maybe today's the day I brigade thee. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold G. Well, you hit it on one. Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80.